This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. He's coming off that solo pod, taking all of your Twitter questions. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing good. It was, uh, it was you know, double the work, but we made it. You, you it, was, made it wasn't it hard. It wasn't hard. It was it was pretty easy, to be honest. I mean, a lot of answering questions didn't make it made it feel like I wasn't alone. Um, so that was good. And at least I wrote an article last week that I could talk about. Everybody appreciates that. Make sure you're following along over on Twitter, Bengals underscore Sands, and uh, go check that episode out. Really appreciate you sending the questions in. The good news is today we are recording on a Tuesday. Uh, You'll hear this podcast later in the week, so uh, kind of present tense. I I apologize in advance. I'm going to be out of town, so we're we're pre-recording a little bit on this pod. And I want to talk about Joe Burrow. We heard about Joe Burrow for the first time since the AFC Championship game, so that's always really good. It's it's phase two of their off-season program managed mini campus is a few days away too and they'll get into that before all the camp fun stuff but uh joe joe talked what did you think about joe's conference today yeah um i think the big part was talking about wanting the other pieces what i assume meant t and i guess later chase paid um to work with him now i feel like there's a few ways you could take that uh, the one is, yeah, Joe Burrow's taking a discount <laughs> and he's going to fit everybody. And then the other way to take that is uh, pay my other studs. I'm not taking a discount, but, you know, like show me you're serious and pay the guys I want to stay here. So I don't know. How do you take that comment? Or am I misreading the entire thing? And he is actually talking about um, he was very happy Trevion Williams was resigned. Yeah, it could be Travion. Uh, no, you know, it's it's crazy because I think a lot of us, we've actually talked about this on the podcast before when it comes to player money. I always feel uncomfortable talking about what they should be paid uh, because, look, they're NFL players. They deserve every penny. Joe Burrow deserves every penny. And, and if Joe feels a certain way when it comes to how the contract structured, maybe that's an added year, maybe that's six or seven years uh, versus what a lot of the NFL quarterbacks like now with that five-year deal and, and, and more money loaded into that contract. But Joe could get another payday depending on the structure. And and maybe it does look like that so they can get other guys paid in T. Higgins. Maybe it's Logan Wilson this year. Obviously, they can't touch Jamar Chase until next year. But just thinking of the outlook of that because that's going to be here in no time. So I feel just so many different ways. And I, I, I go through and I read the comments when things like that happen, when, when media members tweet out uh, press conference quotes and, you know, a lot of the quote tweets are, yeah, that's QB one. That's my quarterback. And then, you know, you hear from other people who, who aren't affiliated with Cincinnati or the Bengals. And they're like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that for the owners? Go get paid. You know, at the end of the day, Joe Burrow is going to get paid a lot of money. He might be the highest paid quarterback going into the 2023 season uh, when it comes to all the franchise quarterbacks. But Personally, I I appreciate it, and Joe said it too, and we actually heard that from Katie Blackburn about a couple months ago when she said, you know, they vowed a silence with the two sides and the two parties. And Joe said it today. He's like, you know, this isn't something that's that's it's out in the public uh, with the media. It's a private conversation, and Joe is involved. And I think that's huge because sometimes you hear NFL players say, hey, my agent's taking care of that. He's going to let me know when I need to get involved. But, but Joe is a part of the conversation, and he has been since he's been in Cincinnati when it comes 
comes with the, comes to the front office and some of their moves. So I, I don't know how to feel about it. Um, you know, it does sound optimistic that, you know, maybe they'll be able to get T Higgins done to this off season, but at the same time, um, Joe's, Joe's not going to take a hometown discount. That's how I probably feel. not. Probably not. Pro- I'm not throwing it completely out of the window because I don't want people yelling. Oh, yeah. Told you so. If it happens, and tell me so. Tell tell. I mean, if if Joe. Yeah, I know that is one of those where it's like, you know, I'm happy too, right? Yeah. Like I was just predicting it wouldn't happen. Probably not taking the hometown discount. Like the way I took that was more so show me you're serious and pay my weapons who are, you know, almost as, if not just as important as I am to the success of this team. And probably also thinking like pay T and Jamar, because if, as long as I've got those two, this offense will be fine. And, uh, you know, we'll always be able to compete if it's with three elite talents like that. So those are, uh, I guess those are the ways that we took it. I'm sure other people may have taken other ways, but I do think one other interesting way would be to think about like just the Tetris of contracts. And maybe he means that he's going to front load, which would be strange. And so that he could backload his two weapons and then they're mismatchy, or maybe he just meant the length of the deal like that Mahomes 10 year deal, not taking a discount highest paid quarterback when he signs it, but he's just, 10-year deal so you guys can move around the money and make anything work but that's just fun you know they never tell us exactly what's going on so we just have to play a little nostradamus and try to figure it out ourselves predict the future um i think the easiest way to take that is just pay my weapons because i like having them around but that's the fun of all these nobody's ever nobody ever goes up to a podium and they say like yeah, they got me right, right right now about 51 million. I'm looking for 55 uh, <laughs> type thing. It's like, that's not going to happen. It's always say, how are deals going? They're going all right. <laughs> Something along those lines. So we never get the full story until it's done. Um, and makes for fun content of trying to figure out exactly what they mean. Read the, the hints and tea leaves that are left for us at press conferences. And it still feels, uh, I know I mentioned it already on the podcast and, and guessing when this is going to get done is, is probably silly too, but I still personally feel, you know, their July date, uh, right, right when they get into training camp and maybe it's not done before and it's like a week or two into training camp and they get it wrapped up with Joe. Um, but it, it seems optimistic if anything, I know there's really not a whole lot we can pull from what Joe said. Um, but I feel, you know, the two sides kind of having that level of trust of just kind of keeping what they're talking about behind the scenes, because, you know, with agents and the NFL insiders of Ian Rappaport's and Adam Schefter's, it's so easy to have that relationship when you, when you want to give them news. And it seems like so far, look, anything is possible over the next few months, but it seems to be very quiet and, um, there's a level of respect there. And Joe is a really private person. So I, think that that's you know just a great job by the Bengals front office too so hopefully they get a deal that works for Joe and it works for the Bengals front office but let me ask you this because we did we did talk about that when it comes to weapons and he did bring that up what is your percentage on Logan Wilson T Higgins signs before Joe does how do you feel about it now in May uh if I had to guess, I think Joe's done first, mm-hmm. but 
I put a pretty low, not impossible. I don't even think it's like shocking if it would happen. But I think Logan Wilson's probably the least likely to happen first. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like some discount he takes and you're kind of surprised by it. But even that, like, you know, they didn't get Jermaine Pratt until <laughs> free agency started and we said our goodbyes already. Uh, and he came on a discount. Just with that one, I think, and I think the team feels this way too, is just the quarterback and wide receiver probably more important to get done than a linebacker. So I think it's going to be Joe or T that's done first. And if I had to guess, I think Joe is done first. But what do you think? I agree with you. I, I think, cool. you know, it would be really great to get. Yeah, cool. Of course. Um, I should say, <laughs> no, disagree with you. None of it's going to happen. Yeah, we, mean, we need more debates. Um, first take level debates on who gets done first. <laughs> All right, I do. I, I I think it's just such an easy thing to say Joe gets done first. And we're going to get into the T's comments because he talked to the media in our next segment. We'll kind of get into how that ties into everything with these contract extensions. I just think it's easier to get Joe laid out. You, you know what you're dealing with. You already have your franchise paid for. Now you kind of fix the missing pieces. And we've already talked about it when it comes to the the valuable pieces of, of the future with this franchise. And we've, we've agreed on it. And this was during, you know, probably postseason or regular season when we had that conversation, it, it's T Higgins, it's Jamar Chase and it's Joe Burrow. Um, you know, you, you hope to hit on your draft picks on the defensive side of the ball and save money. And this is where you're going to spend your money on offense. And it really felt like that's how they drafted this year. Um, I, I just, I think you, you get that done and then you say, okay, well, this is what we have left. This is our balance of the rest of, you know, 2023 and then the next couple of years. And maybe it's a three to four year deal for T Higgins, because if I'm T Higgins, Higgins, still a young receiver. You look at the wide receiver market and you're like, yeah, I'll go get paid for three years and then I'm going to get paid again. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be a shorter contract for him. Um, I know we, I felt like we, we saw a little optimism maybe a little over a year ago when you would think about Joe Burrow's contract with the Bengals. And it's like, oh, if it's like Patrick Mahomes, it's a 10 year deal. And that's just great. I just, I would be a little shocked or surprised to see 10 years for Joe um, because the quarterback market's only going to go up and, and, you know, why not have another payday if you can? Uh, but hey, I would love to be wrong about all of that. And it is a 10 year deal and they're able to get that done with Joe. But, um, you know, we'll really see what that looks like. I'm kind of leaning towards it's going to be around six years, maybe five years. Um, and then you have the added year of this year. So it ends up being kind of routed out to six. Uh, we'll see what that looks like for him. But um, but yeah, well, it, it's it's fun to it's fun to hear from Joe. You know, you, you don't hear from him a lot during the programs. And then as they they ramp up their their workouts, we're, we're hearing from him and a lot of the other players. But let me ask you the most important question. What do you think of the headband? He's worn that headband before. I feel like the there's two things that's currently going on. People are saying like, look how buff he looks and look at the headband. I thought he looked that good last year before the appendix. Like when they had like around this time last year, when he'd be coming in for this stuff, I was like, Oh, he looks like he put on some good weight. And then he lost it with the appendix, the headband thing. I guess he hasn't worn it in a while, but it looks good. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I'll go out there and mow the lawn in the, in the same look. Try to emulate the energy. Uh, I don't know. I uh, I thought it was good. Nothing has been as shocking as when he came back with the veneers, the the fake teeth. Oh that yeah, was, the, the that smile? was the biggest one. Yeah, that was the biggest one. Where none of this has been shocking. This has all been like, oh, he looks good. The fake teeth. I was like, whoa. <laughs> 
<laughs> I had to look at a before picture. Well, uh, I saw it on social media that I feel like a lot of the players go to the same dentist, and Lou has been to that dentist recently. So maybe Lou's going to have a big old it's, smile. It's for the head coach gig. He's like, I got to get these teeth right. She's like, let's go. Uh, but it, it's always kind of fun to see Joe. I mean, I, I think I've said it before. I have TikTok. So your TikTok kind of gives you your for you page of what you have an interest in. And mine is football. So it is Joe Burrow Central on, on my TikTok. And you can see a lot of people, big fans of the headband. Um, I'm just happy so far. And I, I, I never want to jinx this, but I'm just happy he's having kind of a semi-normal um, off season right now. And with everything that he's dealt with over the last three years, um, you know, really looking forward to that. He looks like he's having a really good time out there. It's nice to have your wide receivers and Jamar Chase and T Higgins who don't have to be there. Um, you know, none of this stuff is mandatory at all. It just kind of more of their, their workouts that they keep having until it is mandatory for a little while. And then they'll, they'll have their training camp, but yeah, no, the contract stuff is, it's fun to guess, but I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'd love for them just to wrap that up so we can talk numbers and say, okay, well, what does this mean? What does it look like um and then worry about it you know down the road but uh but it seems i would it's it's like you said nobody's going to come up to the podium and say well this is what the number we're looking at right now these are how the conversations are going but i would say i'm pretty optimistic that it's going to get done in the next couple months yeah i think it's done next couple months i mean when if it's not then you're a little bit worried mentioning tiktok now, yeah. the 90s Cowboys, they're America's team. And then, you know, the Patriots, it felt like they were a team of uh, of the people. I will say, it feels like the Cincinnati Bengals are uh, the TikTok team. And yeah. not in the juju way of dancing on TikTok, but no. just in the fact that I feel there's like a whole group. I see the TikToks about like, ask your girlfriend, like what number Joe Burrow wears and all that stuff. And they're like national things, not like Cincinnati local things. So I am willing to say and be proven wrong that the Cincinnati Bengals are TikTok's team. Maybe, maybe just the TikTok girls who are thirsty for Joe Burrow, but I will go the whole way with TikTok's team. They definitely are. I will say oh, that. Awesome. Like avoiding that route of like all the girls, their thirst traps for Joe Burrow. Like, it's really, it's I've really- seen for it, huh? like you know, like a tangentially related like football. Like, what, what, what is this? And, and I'm on the Joe Burrow edits now, uh, for you, absolutely. That's where I that's where I got there. I got the Joe Burrow edits, and then I got the uh funny ones that were like, um, ask your girlfriend what number Joe Burrow wears, number nine, where do you go to college? LSU, <laughs> those type of things. It's like, it's it's funny. It's good stuff. It's good content. TikTok's team, the Cincinnati Bengals. The Steelers tried with Juju, but they didn't make it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it just didn't work out. Sorry, Juju. Um, you can't force it. You, you can't, but that's the funny thing about it is um, it happened when it, Joe was on the Today Show in March, because I remember it was St. Patrick's Day, and they asked him, the people who ran the social media account asked that they're like, Joe, do you frequent TikTok that much? Because you're, you know, you're pretty huge on there. He's like, no, I don't have an account. I'm really not on there much. And I'm like, whoa. You are missing a lot of content about yourself, uh, but he doesn't see it. But yeah, I agree with you. I think there he is a very popular. This team is very popular over on TikTok. Uh, but hey, if it's all good news and happy stuff, I'm all for it. Versus any 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 bad uh, social media on on a sports team, so it's it's kind of fun to watch. But the headband, um, I do want to say, last time I checked, I think it was somebody tweeted out a screenshot. Uh, it's sold out. 
already. The Bengals had <laughs> it's gone you can't you can't get it so you know it's all really fun right now and, and all this stuff is fun and it was great to see t higgins he we, we've talked about it before the last couple of weeks he showed back up to the year offseason program but he talked to the media today and want to get to that next on it's always game day in cincinnati this is it's always game day in cincinnati with lindsey patterson and mike santagata We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Players talking to the media today. First open practice to the media. So we're going to get a little more behind the scenes what's going on over the over the next few weeks. And uh, T. Higgins talked. Um, I think it's absolutely huge that T. Higgins is there. And, you know, he was asked, you don't really have to be here normally, players, when they are up for extension. Sometimes they are like, eh, I'm not going to show up to any of these programs. I'll work out on the side. I'll be here for training camp. Or maybe I'll sit out of training camp. And T. Higgins really pretty much just said, like, hey, I get to work work here with, with my team. I'm happy to be here. Um, and, and I feel like that's just great to see with Jamar Chase back in the building. What did you think of T's comments today? Yeah, it made me feel good about um... – I think T really wants to stay in Cincinnati. It's just, you know, the business side of everything is what they're dealing with right now. I think that shows it. And the there is a difference because last year it was a franchise tag. And, you know, players are much less likely to do anything on a franchise tag than they are the last year of their rookie deal. But, you know, it felt like almost against his will. But Jesse Bates didn't do anything with the team that year. And T seems to be the opposite, at least right now. And maybe if they don't get the deal done and he's franchise tagged next year, he might do the Jesse Bates thing um, where he's not going to anything until he needs to. But it did make me feel better about what's going on with him right now than uh, say I felt definitely last year with Jesse Bates. And I can't remember if the year before, if he did everything, including voluntary stuff. That is a really good question. Um, maybe, maybe just miss voluntary stuff, but but was it, he ended up showing up to training camp um, mm-hmm. in the the last year? Obviously, yeah, he didn't miss any mandatory stuff last yeah. year. I, I was just wondering if he did all the voluntary stuff as well. But hey, at least Mulligetta doesn't have him playing hardball already. They're they're playing nice. Maybe that means it's good things with the contract. Who knows? We can be optimistic. We can be. I am going to be in May. We're in the middle of May and, and contract talks, football talk. There's real things kind of happening uh, versus a, a pretty boring off season. I kind of want to talk about extension with, with, with T because, you know, we saw that. Some people were just saying it wasn't anything official. And, and we and we said it on the pod that we were going to wait until it's, you know, an insider, uh, maybe a national insider puts it out there, yeah. and Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport and feel confident that it is 100% done. And um, this, and is this is why. This is why. And, and T. Higgins pretty much uh, said, hey, even my mom was like, hey, there's something I need to know. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm going <laughs> to let you know. You'll be the first one to know when this is done. Uh, but it sounds like it's not over. It's not It's not official yeah. or it's not, it's not complete yet for the T. Higgins extension. Yeah, yeah. Could have just been bad info, or maybe that talks were just going well and just took it, uh, whatever. Uh, I don't know any of that, but uh, you know, the rumor was it was done. I guess it's not done. That's why you wait for the official Adam Schefter tweet because, like I said, that'll hit different than uh, seeing a, a rumor, even if you trust it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of want to hang on the mom thing. Did she really? She thought she was going to find out from. <laughs> 
like a tweet. No, 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 no. <laughs> mom. I mean, if you look on social media, they're very close. Um, yeah, so right. That's what I thought. It was, that's what I figured because I've read about, you know, their relationship and everything before. It's like, come on, you know, you're going to get that from T. You're not going to get that from Twitter. You're going to get the real report. You'll be the first to know. It's <laughs> just funny to me that she texted him. It's, it's done. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's one of those things. And hopefully it is like, like you mentioned, maybe the, the talks are going well. Um, you know, we would love to hear that. And, and, and again, I'm assuming and speculating because he's there and I, I'm staying on our optimistic side when it comes to all these extension talks that, you know, and, and maybe it does get done. I think it would be absolutely huge if they're able to get Joe, which I would say I'm at 90% that's going to get done in the next couple months. Ooh, and wow. then, get, and not, is 92, what do you think? 90? Well, no, I, I mean, yeah. I guess I'm uh, uh, 75, but I love <gasps> the 90 call. I just feel it's, like I haven't heard enough, but I don't know. It's very, it's very silent. For Joe? I feel like it's been silent. Yeah. It's supposed to be. They said it was a battle of silence. Yeah. So how am I supposed to be that confident? 90%. I feel good. 75% is good. I'm not saying it's a 50-50 deal. <laughs> oh, man. You're... You're actually right. I'm way too confident. No, no, no. You're fine. You can be that confident. And when okay. it's done, um, I guess you could dunk on me just being not really because you. I mean, you're good. at seventy-five. You're at passing. So yeah. I mean, I, I just, yeah, I feel like that's. I. It's just. It's how they do their contract extensions. They wait until not to say they're waiting and like you know what, Joe, you cannot sign the paper until <laughs> July 29th because that's when we do it. Um, I, I, I just want to. More on the nerdy side, I want to know like what's happening. Like, where are they at right now? And uh, in in the middle of May, like, what do they say? You know, you you have the years, you have the number. What are you going back and forth with? Uh, you know, is it a couple million? Is it ten million? I just want to know what's kind of happening behind the scenes. But we we don't know. And you know, we we've heard that from Katie Blackburn at the owners' meetings, and and Joe said it again today. This is stuff that's going to be private. And the last thing the Bengals are going to want to do is uh, upset their franchise quarterback. And and hopefully um, Joe's Joe's reps and and agents keep keep everything kind of private too, and they can continue those conversations. So yeah, I'm at ninety percent. I'm even going to throw this out there. I think the Extension is done before July 31st. All right. Well, I hope you're right. And if I'm wrong, well, everyone will remember this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say this deal is done because I do not think so. Uh, but I, I feel optimistic that it's it's like July 31st for me. That's what I'm kind of feeling. You're into training camp. You get it started. If it's the first week of August, will I be surprised? No, I just I think you don't. I'll say this. I you don't want to go into this season with Joe Burrow's contract extension not done. I agree with that. Although I assume it'll just be something similar to what most players do in that situation. It's just like we're not talking about it right now. My agent could be making some deals, but I'm just focused on football. And then then you get a little bit worried about he's playing on the fifth year option. And of course you can franchise tag him the next year, but then I would be much more worried about like, oh is this extension getting done in yeah. general? I still feel really good about it, but that is a uh, situation definitely to monitor if uh, he somehow escapes this whole off season without a deal. Yeah. If, if he does, then I, I, I'd say I'm getting a little nervous. 
Uh, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it's one of those things if you get into preseason or regular season, like, hey, we're not talking about it. Let's revisit in the offseason. We have a football season to play. Um, you know, that's not going to change Joe's mindset at all going into the 2023 season. I do kind of want to go back to David Malgetta because, you know, it, it does factor into T. Higgins. And here's why I feel a little different about the T. Higgins situation than I did Jesse Bates. Um I think the bank, I hate saying this because I actually really enjoy Jesse Bates in Cincinnati. Um, and I hope he kills it with the Atlanta Falcons on their defense. I just think the Bengals value their wide receiver position more than they did the safety position. So maybe they are not going to be in those situations when it comes to T when it, when it, when they finally have that number and they're like, okay, we'll agree on this or here's the guaranteed money. Is it going to be fully guaranteed? I doubt it. Uh, but I just, I feel a little more, and I keep using the word optimistic, but I feel a little more optimistic about T than I did with Jesse Bates, even though it is David Malagetta representing him. I do as well. And it's for the things you mentioned, just the idea of their valuation of wide receiver versus safety. They've always valued wide receivers. I can't think of too many safeties. They try to make the highest paid player at their position. Uh, but wide receiver, they're willing to do that. Quarterback, they're willing to do that. So the front office of the Bengals has just always been quarterback, wide receiver friendly, and they want to get those deals done. So yeah, when you're dealing with the same agent, there is you know always some worry there with a deal you couldn't get done earlier. But with the way the team values those positions, I think the agent will. I think there will probably be less of a chance. It could always still happen, but that you get into that, you know, real, I used it earlier, but hardball situation. You know, the wide receiver, you know, T is like fully whole. And it always felt like Jesse was kind of doing that against his will. But, you know, T, same thing. Like, kind of wants to be there, but his agent's telling him, like, no, don't go. <laughs> so he's, he's holding out. Um, and then, you know, the team is franchise tagging him and saying, like, we value him. Uh, but you know, and then reports are leaked about what may be offered. I remember the Jesse Bates one that was surprising. I think it was only four more million guaranteed than the franchise tag was and all this other stuff. So I don't, I think it's less likely that happens, but you never know. Uh, I just feel like they're probably, you kept hearing about how far apart Jesse Bates and the Bengals front office were. I will be worried about the T situation if we ever get that report, but we haven't gotten it. We have gotten nothing to indicate that they are very, very far apart. Um, and I would even say like him showing up and all this other stuff makes it feel like he isn't unhappy with maybe the offers he's been getting, not happy enough to sign, but he doesn't feel disrespected. And one thing we know about David Malagetta, he will leak anything to insiders. So if there was something to leak and there was something to say, I feel like Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport would say it, even if it was bad news on the negotiation front. Uh, we don't know what those conversations look like. And, and honestly, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I, I haven't heard the Bengals and David Malagetta 
having conversations when it comes to T Higgins. And maybe that's another thing that has been silent and we don't know what, what that conversation's like. We just, we don't know a whole lot. Um, and, and hopefully we are talking in a couple months about a wide receiver and T Higgins getting extended and they're able to do the same thing with Joe Burrow. But as of now, nothing is done. It's speculation. It's I'm I'm being very optimistic that the, these uh, these two will get done this offseason. And, and yeah, Logan Wilson, I just I feel like, of course, if Jermaine Pratt didn't sign his extension, it would be kind of like a home run easy. Mm-hmm. You have to do it. Uh, but at the same time, the linebacker market feels so low. It would be the perfect time to get Logan Wilson. But maybe they have a different mindset and they're like, you know what? We're going to let Logan Wilson go into the season and then we'll worry about it next year. Um, you know, the biggest thing is for us and factors of the wide receivers and T Higgins and Joe Burrow, and then we got to get Jamar Chase and then Logan Wilson comes. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what that looks like. But yeah, I would say it kind of just falls in the domino effect of Joe Burrow, T Higgins, and hopefully they can get T done because if they don't get T done, I still have a, a feeling that he's either franchise tagged or maybe they could work something out while trying to pay Jamar Chase next year too, which is crazy to think about what that number, what that number would be uh, for the both of them, just with how talented they are, but that's where they're at right now. Uh, We'll move on to Jonah Williams. Not there yet. Um, I know Albert Breer did report a couple weeks ago that he, you know, he plans on being here for the mandatory stuff, but the Jags uh, reports that they were in uh, conversations with the Cincinnati Bengals. No surprise really uh, when it comes to an offensive or a left tackle that they, they need. I know they were dealing with an injury. They ended up drafting one. Uh, What did you think about that? Not, I I didn't see anything when it comes to the compensation, but I'm sure it didn't meet what the Bengals wanted for Jonah Williams. Yeah. I'd have to assume that's the big issue is just, they didn't have a compensation that they felt comfortable moving on from him and just going into the season with Jackson Carmen, Loyal Collins, Cody Ford battling right tackle. They want to keep Jonah Williams in that mix for whatever the reported offer. I, I didn't see a report offer, but like whatever the offer was, they didn't feel like it was enough. I have to assume it was probably, I think at best, probably a fourth round pick is probably what they were talking about. Just, you know, last year of his deal, fairly expensive. And I think they have to take most of that money because it's, I think, fully guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a few issues that aren't even just whether or not you believe Jonah Williams is worth some type of pick. And I think I, I... The Jags are picking later, so I don't even know if the Bengals would have taken just a third. Because I think they do value him quite a bit, drafting mm-hmm. him in the first round. They think he's probably going to, I think, have the inside track. If he's going to compete at right tackle, he's probably got the inside track for the week one starting position. And maybe they feel that he can play at a pretty good level there. They see him at practice every day. It's not something we get to see. I just uh, would have been cool to get a deal done, then, especially if it was like a second round pick or something you get another top 100 selection top 50 selection that would be great but uh i don't think that's what the jags were offering it did also make sense with the jaguars because cam robinson is suspended for quite oh, a suspended. bit of time I said injury. that was my bad yeah. he's suspended for i think like the first eight weeks of the season they have guys that they feel okay about but it would make sense to bring in a guy that you don't just feel okay about like you know he can step in and give you starting level play 
And that's not something that they probably felt that confident that they're going to be able to get. But then Anton Harrison falls to them and they really like him. So once that happens, there's no room for him anymore. And that's always been the issue is finding the spot for Jonah. The idea sounds great. You save all this money, you get a a draft pick. It's just how many left tackle spots are there out there? Yeah. If it would have been a second round, they would have ran. They would have said 100%, let's go. But uh, but I agree with you. I think the Bengals value him uh, definitely more than social media does. Uh, We'll have more next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We talked Joe Burrow. We talked T. Higgins. Jamar Chase is in the building. All we have is highlight social media videos, but uh, what do you think about, about number one being back? Yeah, awesome. Similar to T. I'm just like, it's great they're showing up for the voluntary stuff. I'm not going to hold it against anybody that doesn't show up their voluntary things or they're working out at home or whatever else is going on. But um, yeah, it does feel better for everybody that does show up. I liked his quote about uh, cardio because he's he talked about it last year too. And just wanting to be on the field for as many snaps as possible, just kept getting, you know, keep getting cardio work in and whatnot, just so that your stamina is good enough that you are pushing however many snaps you can handle. Um, even though you feel better about the wide receiver depth now than you probably did last year, something that's uh, I like hearing. I, I, I think it's just not just the idea that he could play every snap next year, but the idea that he's finding different ways to improve and that he has the competitiveness, which I'm sure a lot of guys do to want to take every single snap and not take a breather unless the offense is off the field. I think that's cool. Yeah, I I agree with that. And, you know, obviously he was injured last year and missed five games, but at the same time, it's still kind of wild with how fast he bounced back from what that injury sounded like. Um, I was getting a little nervous when they reported it like, Ooh, does Jamar Chase return this year? And he was able to. So, you know, you know, the offseason workouts and programs that he is doing off the field, that maybe that can help him. Um, and, and the more you have Jamar Chase on the field, the better uh, for any offense. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Uh, Tyler Boyd, not there right now. They did draft Charlie Jones. Nothing to look into when it comes to Tyler Boyd not being there yet. Nothing to look into at all. Tyler Boyd starts missing some mandatory stuff and asks for a new contract, then I'm worried. But uh, I don't see that happening. <laughs> I would be out of left field. Uh, I think it's cool for Charlie that he probably gets some extra work. That would be the only thing I could think of. With the rookies there, uh, this is going to be pretty much the real first week. Rookies there, Jamar, T, Joe, anybody standing out from uh, from camp so far? from off-season program. I call it camp, but it's more of the the workouts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I saw a cool picture. <laughs> it's like I saw a cool picture of T making a catch. Yes. Very high up there, tall. And uh, I would say, I would guess Joe Burrow's kind of standing out at camp with the headband and the look and whatnot. He could probably come and whatever, and it would stand. I mean, he's just, you know, the quarterback. Okay. Maybe not 
I don't know. I was trying to think of like what what could he show up in that makes people just like oh ooh. <laughs> like do super the the Trey Henderson look, the very long, baggy, long sleeves, no gloves, <laughs> just type of I always feel like Trey wears that to throw people off guard. He's like you he comes in, you kind of think like Oh, that's that's like a special team, or you, you know, there's no drip here that <laughs> he dominates them. I do have a, sto- uh, a story, a personal story. My nephew, um, he got his haircut recently, and and boys don't like to get their haircut. And I said, "Oh, your haircut looks like Joe Burrow." And this was before the headband photos and all that stuff came out. And then the headband photo—it was the day that he got his haircut. The headband photo, and Joe's hair is a little bit longer, and he goes, "This looks nothing like Joe Burrow's hair because <laughs> he has that long hair." I'm like, "You're right." You're right. You no longer have the Joe Burrow haircut, but uh, Joe, Joe's. Do you think Joe's going to grow it out to to a ponytail level? No. It's getting there. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, it is getting there, but I don't. I don't no, see no, it. no, no pony for Joe. Uh, but but I, speaking, of, well, I don't think that would be a, ideal. I can't right? imagine it. I can't imagine him with a ponytail. That would be levels of we would look back on that, like when Tom Brady had like the long bangs, and you see that now, you're just like <laughs> Tom Brady in 2007. He went for a look. <laughs> I mean, this would, if if Joe ends up going off this year in year four MVP year, um, maybe they go back to the Super Bowl. Maybe they win a Super Bowl. Um, it's a long road to get there, as we know over the last few seasons. That headband, man, that's just going to be, you know, I am seeing some comments that Patrick Mahomes started the headband stuff. And I forgot that I know it's, that's kind of his signature look, but I don't think, I didn't think twice when Joe had a headband that that was a Patrick Mahomes like copy thing. I mean, I just feel like a headband is. Try to get your hair out of your face. Not copying anybody. I feel like a headband has been worn from players. Since like the dawn of time, I'm I'm <laughs> wonder if yeah. I could go back and find like Joe Namath in a headband. <laughs> like they're all just copying Broadway Joe. Actually, it's it's weird. That's where we're at in the off season. That Joe Burrow's wearing a headband, and it's making news. I, I think they had like a million views on their on their Twitter account. But that's where we're at right now. I just want Joe Burrow to play at a great level and have a normal off season. Uh, but he is going to year four. It's crazy to say that out loud, but year four, what are what are we going to see from Joe? What do you think is going to be different going into this year? And what did you feel like, you know, some of the weaknesses last year that he can really work on this offseason? Uh, it felt more obvious last year, just, you know, mm-hmm. stay on time, don't take sacks. And that's what he basically did. So I would say be even more consistent would be start fast. And and that wasn't even his fault last year with the appendicitis and everything. But I do think that's what hurt him when you talk MVP stuff and why he always seemed more distant from the first and second place guys than maybe fans thought he should be. It's because he started so slow. You know, the four interceptions against Pittsburgh and then doesn't have a great game against Dallas. It felt like he didn't hit his stride for quite a while, maybe that New Orleans game, but then Jamar gets injured and has a bad game on national television against the Browns, but pulls it together and puts together an awesome second half of the season. I just think start fast, play consistently great all season, because we're now talking about moving from Pro Bowl, maybe even all pro level play, to him trying to get to that MVP level play. 
And when you're an MVP, it just feels like the consistency is the key. And another part of that, and it's unfair, but it's something that I learned about last year is just how important winning is to voters because almost every time a quarterback for the number one seat, it's it, that's almost every MVP is a quarterback for the number one seed of either conference. And who were the top two guys last year? It was Hertz and Mahomes. Mahomes won, but Hertz came in second and he was the number one seed for the NFC. So getting that one seed, being consistently good, not having any flub games, not having any Dallas or Pittsburgh games next year. And those weren't really even his fault. So it's, I don't know how much it's improvement for him, but a little bit of luck and maybe to just be consistently great is what I would say. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that too. And it, it did factor in. Um, I think some people pointed at preseason for some of the starters, and we've talked about that with the offensive line. What What's that going to look like in August if they do get a few of those reps and, and maybe the third preseason game or the second preseason game to just be out there? Uh, but the same thing for, for Joe Burrow. I don't know what that looks like um, because it is important to start off fast. And, you know, one of the, that Pittsburgh game could have been the game changer. And I know it was kind of a little odd with the Bills game and not having the Bills game and how that factored into what the number one and two seed look like. Uh, but that was huge. It ended up being a, a really big deal towards the end of the season, losing that week one game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it just was brutal. It was a bad start. But the thing about that game, we we don't talk about the second half enough because we just talk about the missed extra point. Yeah, he was he was good in the second half. He was. He was. I think we would talk. I think that would have been the Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow game in the second half. Um, a lot of people remember Mike Thomas dropping a, a ball in the end zone. And then T. Higgins left the game early. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a huge factor. But I thought, I'm like, wow, for someone who had a brutal, just absolutely awful first half, um, he really turned it around. And it was unfortunate because you see him and Jamar on the sideline and there's a gif of them doing their little LSU thing. And it was like, oh, they're about to win the game. They're going to kick the extra point and win the game, and and it, and it was a huge factor. We haven't uh, recorded since the podcast. I know I know you did a Q and A yesterday, and everybody needs to go check that out. But we haven't recorded since the real schedule came out. I know we had some speculation what it's going to look like. Um, AFC North opponent. What, what did you think about the schedule overall? Yeah, uh, I think once again it feels like the second half is hard and the first half is easier. Right. Mm-hmm. That's. I mean, I guess the Bills aren't in, like, the back half. They're kind of in the middle there. But when I looked at it, the first thing I thought was, like, man, it's just like last year with that, you know, not easy, but, you know, the lighter half on paper is up front, and then the back half is uh, a little bit rougher. That's good for the team, though, because they seem to really catch their stride after the bye. Uh, so that that's my... 10,000 foot view of the schedule. It was kind of weird only getting four primetime games, but there is, uh, I believe, a nationally televised Saturday game in there, which doesn't count, but kind of counts. And I'm sure some of those games later in the season are flex opportunities for the NFL to uh, just move those up. Although they play the Ravens both games pretty early this year, right? They, I, I think I saw it was like week two and week eight, seven. Yeah. Which is odd because it always feels like the Ravens are like the last game of regular season, right? Um, and they're and they're not this year. And that home opener against the Ravens, and we talk about like, hey, the 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 beginning of the season kind of feels a little. I I'm happy that Cleveland is week one. 
get Cleveland all the way out of here for that road game. Get them off the schedule, get it done, and move on because that game will forever. I don't know what it is about Cleveland and the mismatch with playing them, but I just want it out of the way. Um, and I know they have to see them again. That next time they'll they'll be at uh, they'll be at Paycor Stadium. That early buy isn't fun. I'm not a huge fan of that. But then you have the Thursday night game. Actually, the Thursday night game is against the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, it is. And that's kind of like a little bit of a mini buy the second half of the season. So that kind of works into their favor. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think that the, the back half of the schedule is, is hard. And we said it on the pod, the chiefs game ended up being uh, new year's Eve and no surprise there. It's going to be on CBS with Tony Romo, Jim Nance. Yeah, you called I, it. I do like that. The, um, the bills game is on Sunday night football. I hate Sunday night football, but it's at home. So I'm a little more biased. That's great. I love it. What did you think about that? For for the for the me watch, the Bills game looks pretty juicy to be the one I go to. Are you going to go? I no promises yet, but I that would be the one I'm looking at. Although I am also, I think I'm doing the Bills one for sure. That just seems like such an yeah. opportunity, and I love the primetime feel. You know, partying at Bengal Jim Steelgate at 7 p.m. versus 11 a.m. is a different feel. <laughs> But also, I'm going to be in Northern Kentucky the week of the uh, Seahawks game. So we were thinking of stopping on the way back and maybe catching that in Paycor Stadium. But that one, more of like a we'll see. I do think I'm doing the Bills one. Um, so that'll be fun. I'd love to for that to yeah. be my game. I mean, they put on a show for those primetime games now. I loved being the Thursday night one uh, against the Dolphins last year. Whiteout. It was very, it was a very fun game to go to. I also I don't really go to games after December. You I don't. Hate the cold. I hate the cold. I hate the cold you, so you much. You live in a cold weather city too. It's so yeah, hot. I know. I know. I uh, just lived miserable for <laughs> a few months. It's funny you say that because, and, and I'm going to get back to, to the Bills uh, point in just a second, but for the playoff game against the Raiders, it was so cold, so freezing that a lot of people after the game was over, they were like, why didn't people just hang out in the stadium and like just chill and can't believe they broke the curse? I'm like, I was trying to feel my hands again. Um, it was absolutely freezing. So when you get towards the back half, and I'm all for games at Paycor Stadium, let them play every game in January there. Hopefully that happens and they can get a number one seed. Uh, but it does. It gets really cold for those games, and you got to get all the, the hot hands, and, and sometimes it's not enough. But the Bills game for Sunday Night Football, I will say this, and I don't think it's a hot take. It was louder for the Bills during the pregame, of course. It was louder in the pregame for the Bills Monday Night Football game than it was for the playoff game against the Baltimore Ravens when it comes to atmosphere. Even uh, when Sam Hubbard recovered the ball and they started running it back? Intense, crazy, disbelief. Um, awesome. I would say when it comes to how loud the stadium was pretty much an overall feel – and yeah. like the pregame feel, I, I don't think you can match what it felt like on Monday Night Football when the Bills, because it felt different. Joe, and I know, again, the game was only uh, nine minutes. It wasn't wasn't super long, but Joe felt like he was on another level when he was on the field. It was like, oh, Joe's going to go off tonight on the national stage. And it just felt different. That, And I also feel like they played the Ravens the week before, all that coin flip talk, and then you get into the playoff game, and you just want to get through this because the Baltimore Ravens, it had a tense feel because the Baltimore Ravens had a good defense. 
um, and you just wanted to get out of there and survive and then move on to the next. Uh, so I have a really good feeling. And, and obviously, it's, it's semi-emotional when, when the bills will come back for, for everything that mm -hmm. happened um, in January and just two hopefully good teams in the AFC. Uh, and I and I normally hate Sunday night football games, but I think that that was the decision. That was a good decision on um, the schedule planners part when it comes to putting that game in, in prime time again. Yeah, uh, I hope it can match the same atmosphere. And uh, yeah. I'm also hoping that I get to go. Although, man, I do miss the days of the Bengals being bad enough that I would be finding tickets for very cheap. <laughs> They were a little pricey. They were a little pricey. And I, they were a little pricey I, last year, and I assume it didn't get better. No, but you know what? Some of the people are moving off the wait list. It's wild to even say that there's a wait list because um, uh, I'll make this quick, but my, my parents have had season tickets my whole entire life. Um, so I was kind of like born into you're going to love the Cincinnati Bengals. And I would go to games when they were losing like 35 to nothing and nobody, we were counting people in the stadium. Uh, so for it to be, for, for them to have a wait list is so wild to me. And it's great because obviously Joe Burrow is uh, bringing winning football here and they have a really talented team all around. Uh, but I hope you get to make it. And if anybody's listening to this podcast and they want to give Mike uh, the Sunday Night Football ticket, he'll he will take it. He'll more. He'll gladly, take it. gladly. I will take a Sunday Night ticket. Sure. Yeah. If you want to take him with you, uh, we'd love to hear about that experience. So it, it would be great for the pod. Uh, so yeah, if there's that that Sunday Night Football ticket just hanging around. Give it to Mike. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't get abducted. <laughs> 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 and don't abduct him. Yeah, no, don't, don't abduct me. Well, no. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I mean, yeah, it, it seems awesome. I, I think I'll, I'll push myself to, to go to that game out of all the games that just seem like the most perfect one for me personally. Just the yeah. excitement probably. That's probably their most hype game at mm -hmm. home. Like, obviously, if the Chiefs play in Cincinnati – then yeah. that one's up there, but they're playing an arrowhead again. And uh, who knows? Maybe the AFC championship game will be in Cincinnati for once. That would be cool. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's the game that uh, would be the most fun to go to. I've never been to a Sunday night game and I don't want to jinx the Bengals, but they are undefeated when I go to the game. So uh, that, it's not a ton of games, but they are undefeated when I go. Although I used to pick games that I thought they would win. So there is some cheating in there. Well, yeah, you need to go because their Sunday night football record is terrible. Um, so really going to need good vibes only when you come to town and, and that'll, that should be a good one. Uh, but no, I, I'm, I'm pumped about it. It seems like good vibes all the way over at the Bengals offseason workouts. I know you're busy over on all Bengals. What is up there now? Up there now is Charlie Jones article. You can read all about it. If you listen to the show on uh, Wednesday, then that then you know a lot of this, but you can always read it and there's clips to go along with it to explain what I mean. And I'm hoping to get a Chase Brown article up by the end of this week. We're almost through the articles and then I'm not going to be busy with all Bengals because I'm going to be taking a break. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to try to bust out these last few ones, you know, Chase Brown uh, to finish this week. And then I want to get something. I'm going to try. I, I cannot. I will not and cannot find film on Andre Yosivas other than just, you know, here and there stuff, not full games. So I'm going to try to get something put together for him because it feels weird to skip him. But then I will write words about the punter. I will, I will do something 
with that. I feel like there was enough interest. Uh, Darren Simmons already talking about him today. They've been uh, they've been working out, doing their thing, and I can't wait to see how he impacts, hopefully in a positive way, the 2023 Bengals. But good stuff. Make sure you check it out, all Bengals. You can follow him, Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at Ellen Diaz Patterson. And thank you for listening, too. It's always game day in Cincinnati.